Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chrisanne Hall Daily Journal. Chrisanne Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. I wish you guys could like come in the backstage while the intro is playing. <laughs> See JC sitting there. He's like jamming to the music. How many of you guys like that music too? <laughs> JC's so funny sitting there. His toe is tapping and he's jamming to the music. <laughs> Got to entertain yourself somehow. I uh, know. So we are in the beautiful state of Oregon. In spite of the government, it is still a very, very beautiful state. And because we're in the state of Oregon and we're teaching tonight, this is a uh, pre-record. So you are not seeing us live. And I know that's really important to you guys in the chat room who are watching us as it plays live, but we are not live today. But go ahead and leave your comments because I do come back and look at them later, much to JC chagrin. He's always telling me don't look at the comments, but I do go back and I read the comments later and I love hearing from you guys. And I just want to say up front, thank you to everybody who feels uh the need to or the um, desire to give us a super chat today, help us along our path and on our road. I actually have uh, some vindication today and I'm, I'm pretty excited about it, JC. I, I ran a Janet sent me this article, by the way, a really cool article um, that way that is everything. Well, not everything. One of the things that I have been teaching for over a decade. So those of you who are Liberty First University students, this is not going to be a, a surprise to you. This is an article, uh, oh, that's the wrong, sorry. This is an article on Zero Hedge. And this article on Zero Hedge is the globalist reset failing, the elites may have overplayed their hand. Now, what's interesting, JC, is that these people come up with, oops, sorry. These people come up with a name for something that I have been describing for 10 years. And what it's, you remember in the, uh, the history of the Constitution class, where I always talk about how the power hungry get power drunk and then they fail. Well, this article is all about how the global reset and the new world order is going to fail because of the narsopaths. And I love that name. It's not it, it, it describes exactly what I've been talking about uh, for the last 10 years in the history of Constitution with the with the principle of human nature involved. And the idea is that the global reset will fail because they're narsopaths. They're narsopath, narcissistic psychopaths. Psychopath or sociopath? Sociopath. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> narcissistic sociopaths. And narcissistic soci sociopaths always overplay their hand. They, they, they may also be psychopaths, but that's yeah. beside the point. Yeah. So he gives two important points. First, criminals tend to brag about their crimes when they think it's too late for anybody to do anything about them. Mm -hmm. Haven't we been seeing that? I mean, I I don't know if it's 
necessarily bragging about their crimes as much as it is bragging about their brilliance, right? You see that they that they lay their little tags in certain places. Mm -hmm. And how many times have we said on the air, JC, how amazing, how bold these people yeah, are. Yeah, they like to be in your face. It, that's yeah, they, the narcissist. They, they, yeah, they hide out in plain sight. Right. You know, they're, when they do something, that's all these symbols and yep. sort of messages. Uh, I want to say subliminal, but mm -hmm. messaging, right, that it's not necessarily what it is on the face of it, but you know, in the context, you, you recognize the signaling, the message that they're saying. Right. And, uh, and they like to, they like to sort of put it out there. Uh, and I, I say taunt, like taunt the people. That's how I feel yeah. about it. They like to taunt you. So there well, is that arrogance. And I think it's, that's the narcissism. And right. now the article says it's because they believe themselves untouchable, yes. which is true. But I think there's a bigger picture there. I think it's not only do they feel themselves untouchable, they want everybody to know that they're the ones that are doing this. This is right. their baby. It's kind of like in every single movie where the super villain gives his monologue about how amazing yeah. he is and this is what I'm well, about to do. And it always brings the demise of the super villain because, you know. You know, and I, I would say it this way. So, like you said, they. They like to they like for you to know that they're doing it. Mm -hmm. um, it. It's not so much that they always want you to know who they are, like their name. Right. But it's more a message of the classes. Right. Yeah. Us against them. Right. They want to let they want to let you know yeah, yeah, yeah. that you're powerless. Yes. Right. And then you recognize yes. their superiority. <laughs> that, that's why they mock us. Right. Right. And then. Um, they, he says uh, uh, that the globalist push for a new world order is a double-edged sword that could very well end up annihilating them. As they attempt to initiate the reset agenda, they become more and more exposed and they can no longer lurk in the safety of the shadows, which they don't want anyway, mm -hmm. right? Because once they've, once they've hit that, that what they feel like is their tipping point, right? That point where... Like he says, there's no return. You know, we're, we've gone too far. You can't undo what we've done. So it's not just simply untouchable being above the law. We are so far along the path now. There's nothing you can do to turn it back. Right. Yeah. But again, I don't I don't think it's a matter of the individual stepping out of the light and saying, hey, it's me. Uh, they I, these people that I've come in contact with, they they like for their circle to know. Right. It's me. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. those who know yeah, their yeah. name know <laughs> that they're doing it. But right. they want they want the agenda to be revealed at a mm -hmm. certain point that, hey, you can't stop this. We're in power now. Uh, but I, they don't want they don't necessarily want all the individuals to be named because they are untouchable to an extent. Mm -hmm. But they aren't completely untouchable. Right. And they do know that. Right. Well, and. I what I loved about this article is so many people are always asking me because because you know me I'm 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 the ever optimist in this whole thing and so people are always saying Christiana how are you so optimistic and you know the the war is coming the world is ending the sky is falling and Christiana's always like just hang on just stay true to your principles, know where you're supposed to stand and this is going you know and then take your stand I'm not obviously not preaching, just sit and, you know, wait. What I'm saying is when we do our part and we fulfill our, our end of the deal to preserve liberty, to stand for our principles, to push back 
we will prevail because once again, history is proving what we've always said is that the power hungry get power drunk and then they do what I always call the fundamental error. Tyrants overreach. Yes, they so always what, what overreach. Is, what is the core of their, what is the core basis of them saying that they won't succeed, that, that they're, they'll ex, they expose themselves or? Yeah, well, the, the core is that the the two points that he has up there that uh, the globalists will fail because they will put themselves out in the open so much that they're now exposed and that will breed people to stand up against what they're doing and that that it that they'll end up you know you live by the sword die by the sword you'll end up creating the very system that collapses yourself so uh, he says, I, I don't see this as a win for the elites. Crashing the economy is one thing. Rebuilding it into a collectivist dystopia they desperately want is another. And so uh, everything depends on who rebuilds, which is what we've been talking about, right? Because there will always be a remnant. That's what we're doing here at Liberty First University, right? So our Liberty First University is not so much, it is not just a, a way to teach us now. But we've always said that it's a way to bring forward the the future in the rebuild, right? Mm -hmm. To teach future generations how to rebuild um, what it is that they're, you know, what, what needs to be remade. So it seems to me it's a win for nobody. It's, it's contingent upon the aftermath, pretty much. So in other words. Right. They're not going to accomplish what what they presume to accomplish. So right too, in the end, too I many mean, his, people won't right won't put up with that. And right. I think as it go goes along, and I, I think they're right on this. As it goes along, I mean, it by nature it becomes more exposed. Well, you know what he, I mean, you can't yeah. build, you can't do what they're trying to do. You can't continue along this path without you know becoming it, it becoming apparent. To more and more people and then more and more people resisting. Right. And of course, the argument is always um, how many people do you have? Uh, you know, where where are we in that process? Mm -hmm. uh, who's going to stand up? What does that look like? What exactly do we do? Where where are those steps? Right. Because you get this is what we talk about. You, you get to the point, you know, we have to use all the means we can. Uh, there's a point where they push the people so far that they're going to instigate armed rebellion, right. you know, or armed resistance. Well, and that's part of what he said, that the, the crisis you create becomes the sword that cuts you down. Yeah. And uh, he also remarks that, hey, guess what? You don't have enough people already. And so uh, he's like, he points out the, the numbers of Americans in the very least that are going to refuse to take the vaccination, that the vaccination is required for the global reset and how all this is supposed to work. And just using, he says, just using the small vision of how you already have a large number of people in America who are refusing to take the vaccination as a picture of the of the existing resistance, right? Yeah. So it's it's more of a picture of those who are resisting. Even those, it, it's, it's funny, he says, even those 
who do not realize that they're part of the resistance are already part of the resistance by questioning how this is going. And these people are not going to move backwards into compliance. They're gonna move forward into greater resistance because they've already thrown everything out there. Yeah. Everything's already out there. It's not gonna get any better for the elite, for the globalists. What they've done is they've thrown everything out and now what they have to do, what they were hoping was by their, you know, by their, their crisis bomb that they would get more people. But so but we they've don't revealed have their full agenda. Yes. It's clear where, where we're going, right? what they intend to do. And what you, what you said, this is what I, it's difficult to explain to people the, the whole resistance part, because, you know, because right. we talk about, peaceful non-compliance, but that's on a continuum, right? Mm -hmm. The stuff is on a continuum. There comes a point where what the globalists are trying to do will necessarily have to be implemented through open violence, right? Through right. open force. Yeah. People They're are, the ones that are going to have to get People violent. are not going to, you know, just go along. So they keep upping it by degrees. And that's why this stuff happens on a continuum so that when you look at our history, you know, our founders resisted through mm -hmm. peaceful noncompliance, through legislative means, through petition, through all these things until ultimately they had to take up arms when the government was using open force, you know, open violence. You know, that's them. a really good. That's a really good point, JC, because a lot of times we have people saying our founders would have picked up arms by now. And I keep saying, no, they would not. Our founders did not initiate violence in right. our country. No, our our revolutionary uh, battles were a response to the British regulars and the British troops and the British force on the people. It was the government who brought force. It was our people who responded. Well, I saw a fascinating article this week, a study from Harvard. They studied um resistance movements, social movements over the last century. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And I, I don't remember what all the numbers were, but they found the, the, you know, uh, nonviolent resistance was always more successful in bringing about change. Yeah. You actually put than, that up on your Instagram. Then violent resistance. Right. Um, so I, one thing I think we've, we've failed to do because we're, you know, we're a, we're a keeping bare arms, kind of culture. Uh, so I think we failed to study, you know, exactly what Gandhi did, the methods that Gandhi used, the methods that right. uh, Martin Luther King Jr. used. It's not something really in our uh, collective consciousness. It's not something that we necessarily, uh, I think, had to engage in. So, you know, I, I was watching, I was watching a video of I forget where it was, but the restaurant owner who pulled his truck in front of the health inspector's yes. car and blocked it like <laughs> yeah. that. And I thought, you know, the difference that's sort of along those lines. But the mm -hmm. difference between Martin Luther King Jr., Gandhi and and the sort of things we see like that is the organization that's lacking. So yep. the methodology that yep. you see peaceful resistance take, you have an you have individual group organizers and they bring people together. They have a mat. This is one of the things I've said to you the other day, people lack imagination. So they, they use their imagination and they, and they talk about, okay, what are we, what do we do? And so you see even, even the hippies and environmentalists and stuff like that, you see them collectively chaining themselves 
to some structure or whatever. They would stand together, right? Mm-hmm. right? So, you know, think if you had uh, not just that guy's truck, right, but a dozen big, and the guy had a huge monster truck right. looking vehicle. Think about a dozen surrounding the property, uh, you know, and a mm-hmm. hundred people standing together. I, I suspect the police force is not even large enough right. uh, to have dealt with that in that in the town where that where that was. And then who on the police force is, I mean, you're not going to have all of them. Some of them are going to well, be like, should, no, I'm not doing this. But, it, but anyway, I, I think the organization, the or, when you talk about peaceful noncompliance, it's the organization and mass resistance that's missing. Well, we've shown videos on this program of people, of the people yeah. in the bar who actually chased the sheriff Correct. and the health inspector out of the building. Why? Because that's they were united like. and they were organized. That's what it has to look like. And, you know, that's part of, of what we do in the non-compliant move. That's the purpose part of the non-compliant movie is first, in order to organize, you have to educate, right? You have to educate people on what to do, why they're doing it and what they need to do. Then you need to organize use your imagination to, to bring the people together. That's why I'm, I've always taught, Hey, look, uh, they want to shut down your business. Then you organize the community together. You create, you bring in generators when they shut off the electricity, you bring in water. If they try to shut off the water, you've got the gym owners, right? They locked the doors. So they took the doors off the hinges. Then they put up the plywood and then they kicked down the plywood and then they use their imagination, right? They turned their gym into a polling place, so it had to stay open. Well, so. explain to me this. Maybe I'm, maybe I, I probably don't fully understand it. But as I, as I understand many of these these so-called orders, these executive mm-hmm. orders uh, from health departments and mayors and, and this sort of thing, uh, most of them are civil, correct? I mean, a, a majority of them are not criminal. Uh, they're not criminal. I don't even know the terminology, but we've seen criminal fines and this mm-hmm. sort of thing. So in other words, uh, when you see like the gym owners, they get arrested or what have you, they'll be released mm-hmm. very quickly. You know what I mean? So right. you're not, am I wrong? You're not held. They're not going to throw you in prison over a civil infraction. So you, if you're organizing a way, like you, when you look back at Martin Luther King Jr., right? They had all of, they, they have these things going on, people arrested, then they released, but you had an organization that continued to carry on. Right. Uh, after they, picked you up and arrested you. Mm-hmm. And so they just continued to sort of rotate people in and out of jail. Right. But the resistance continued until they sort of wore down uh, the government forces, really. Well, they're not just civil. There are criminal infractions. As a, remember, our pastor was arrested for misdemeanors. No, I understand that. Right. So they're criminal infractions as well, which is the arrest power. You don't get arrested. But I mean, for, how long are you going to be don't kept get in jail? A, you don't get arrested for civil infractions, right? Mm-hmm. So what you're being arrested for is a criminal infraction, which is in, which is significant because that's part of the fear factor that comes, mm-hmm. right? Not only is it just sim- the threat of being arrested, but now you have a criminal record. So a lot of that, you know, when, when Pastor Rodney talks about I've laid the cost and all that stuff. That's the sort of thing that everybody has to to think of. And that's what the government uses as a fear factor. Not only are you going to be arrested, but you're going to have a criminal record. Right. And there are ways to get rid of that. But you're these are are not felonies. You're not going to stay in prison. Most uh, every state has a due process that you you have to have a what we call a first appearance hearing within 24 hours of being arrested. I think the longest arrest that we saw was actually Shelley Luther, 
who was arrested for keeping her her uh, salon open in Dallas. She actually spent an entire night in jail. But generally speaking, these are misdemeanors. So you Your don't books printed, turn loose. Yeah, right. Charged. Exactly. You'd be charged. You, you Somebody comes and bails you out. But right. You know, it's just a matter of putting up bail money. But I think that's again, that's part of the sort of continuum. You know right, what I mean? Right. Um, it's, it's, it's the it's, organization. Too. But it's funny to me. You hear we hear a lot of the, you know, and I don't want to talk ugly, but but the the you know the hard chargers that want to grab the guns and whatever, right? Uh, but it's like, you know, where are the people willing to risk a criminal charge right. or whatever? Like you, in other words, what I'm saying is, aren't we to the point where you you say count the cost, right? Don't we have to be willing? Absolutely. You say, hey, you're gonna you're gonna have a criminal record. So what? Let you, me. You either have a criminal. You're gonna have a criminal record. Which what does that mean really? Uh, or you're going to lose your ability to feed your family, to keep your right. home. You're going to be on the street. I mean, at some point you have to say, okay, here's because you look at again, the civil rights movement, Martin right. Luther King Jr. Uh, there's the organization, there's the volunteers stand there and they say, look, guys, you're going to, you're going to likely be arrested. You're going to be charged. You're going to have this on your record. You know, okay, that's fine. Let's do it. You know, you, you have to know that, yeah, there are consequences to, uh, what we're going to do, but they have to know there's consequences to what they're doing. And there's, it, it, again, it's, it's about the cost benefit analysis. Let me give you, cause you know, I was a prosecutor for, for a decade. So I got to know the criminal world a little bit. And what's interesting JC is that drug deal organizations, right? Drug deal organizations, they actually have a, a coffer set aside to bail out the leadership if they get arrested. Yeah, it's part has of that. BLM it, has yeah, that. It's all part of the re why why they created the RICO laws, right? So that they can't use the money that they've gained from their illicit you know actions to to actually uh create their defense. But that's what part of the organization needs to be. We need to have groups that are willing to be. And this is not, you know, this is not just simply a national group. You need to have local communities who say, OK, this is our pool for anybody who gets arrested. When when somebody gets arrested, we go bail them out. This is their bail money. And we come together. That's part of the organization. But that's our not, founders were highly organized. But that's in what also, they were doing. that's also how you gain attention. That's how you right. get the message. I mean, right. It helps propel the message. Well, you gain Gandhi supporters. marched to the beach for Pete's sake. Well, they, they you know, the, I mean, that was part of the getting the crap, they knew the crap beat out of him because it hit the world, you know, right. it hit the world. And so that's, this is, this is what we have to but do. If, you know, the, but the thing that Martin Luther King Jr. and Gandhi, they knew you have a big group which then forced the opposition to have a bigger group and use greater force. Right. Mm -hmm. So they knew we're, we're a big force. They're going to have to beat the crap out of us. They're going right. to have to abuse us and oppress us. Mm -hmm. And we're going to get that on film. The world's going to see the community's going to see that. That is how they built support. And then at the end of the day, they weren't the ones committing violence. Right. right. They, they forestalled that. I'm right. I'm certainly I mean, maybe not Gandhi, but Gandhi and those guys, they probably just would have been willing to die. But and and but I think you know, a number of the ones on in the civil rights movement, like if if all that mm -hmm. hadn't succeeded, I'm sure at some point they, they would look at each other and go, look, 
you know, we have to fight fire with fire. So probably in every movement, like that's what you're trying to prevent. We don't want to get to the point where we're the ones mm -hmm. because that's when you lose support. Right. Oh, right. look, they're just out there shooting people and whatever. You're not going to you're not going to gain support. Then you're going to rally. You know, if you did something like that, then you rally uh, federal troops against you. Right. You know, all this sort of stuff. You but just then you get the statists are like they deserve it. Right. So you. Right. that's why the peaceful noncompliance is so important. That's why. And, and I hate to say it, but that's why on that beach, those protesters had to take it. That's why the big civil rights movement when you see the the dogs attacking the people they were not fighting back you had the sit-ins and stuff like that it's because you you have to take the peaceful non-compliance first to expose the violence needed to take away your freedoms they cannot take away your freedoms peacefully and passively if we resist with peaceful non-compliance and you have to show them as the violent aggressors that's that's well, that's the whole point of peaceful noncompliance is showing, look, and our founders believe the same way. We have done everything. I mean, that was whole Patrick Henry's speech. We have done everything. We have been peaceful. They, But his response was not, hey, let's go pick up arms. His response was, we're already being violently attacked. There are there are already forces against us. So why are we sitting here? Yeah. Well, so much of our history is so negligent and irresponsibly taught. People's argument now. I mean, people are making that argument now in, in some circles. So you have that. Yeah, I, I think that that's a that's an exaggeration of what's really happening when you look from historical oversight. Uh, I had somebody say to me yesterday uh, or the other day, uh, you know, where are we in history? Our founders would have been, you know, fighting already. I said, no, they won't, because it wasn't until 1761 and that somebody actually stood up. And it was 15 years before we declared independence. What we miss is what happened in those 15 right. that, years. The that's the point. What has happened in those 15 years is the point. He said, well, he said, uh, he says, we already have, uh, I said, uh, we have now just begun the peaceful resistance. He says, well, there's been people resisting for decades. Okay, yes, there have been people, individuals resisting for decades. But look, uh, uh, Trenchard, uh, Benjamin Franklin started writing in the early 1700s. It was decades 1722, silence, do good, an individual writing to resist. I, I don't we have the we... Cato letters in 1720s beginning to resist. It was 40 years before somebody. Yeah. So you're always going to have individuals. The point is the organization of people resisting together is yeah. what we're just beginning. Yeah, and that's what began for us in 1761. And I don't think we've seen organized resistance. We've no. seen... We've seen We're organized protests yeah. and people take that as that's what when I'm in those conversations, that's what they say. Right. You know, they all oh, million people showed up on the mall or whatever. That's not it's not resistance. That's, that's a, a protest. rally. That's not or, that's not organized resistance. That's not even a protest. And again, I think, you know, we failed to study. We failed to study the movements that actually use right. organized resistance. Uh, and so I, so I think that that's the wrong question to me. I always it, it's 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 the wrong question. I don't want to say I don't want to piss everybody off. But 
you know, where are we relative to our founders? It's the wrong right. question. We, we, we simply haven't done what they did to right. get to that point. So, right. uh, yeah, we may be when you talk about this is the thing. So their focus is on what the government's doing. Yeah. When you look at some things, when you look at the things the government is doing uh, there, our government today is certainly doing worse, I think, than what the founders went to war over. Right. But that's that's that to me is missing the point. It's right. that's what and that's what the question is, I think, when they ask that when you're like, well, where are we? Uh, relative to what the government is doing, yes, that that's where we are. But relative to what we've done about it, how we've resisted, we're not there. We haven't done what the founders did to get to the point where they finally I'll remind exhausted you, all. Means. I'll remind everybody that James Otis Jr. took up the lawsuit in 1761. Prior to that, we had government agents that were actually going into people's homes, not just simply pillaging, but but literally raping our women in their homes. OK, we have that I, and worse than that. Yeah. Well, and I'm not at liberty to share those tales, but those are facts. Right. So we we have to get aware of these things. We have to educate on these things and we have to get organized on these things. The media is not going to be your friend in this. They're simply not. Let me show you because they're not going to show you the resistance. What they're going to show you is this. They're going to show you all the people who won't resist, all the victims, right? So here's an article out of Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. This woman, uh, you, you see in the picture right here, this is a whole story about her because she didn't have $66 she needed to prepay her boost cellular service, so she lost her phone. Now, in this article, they talk about how she worked as one of those people that goes for the shopping delivery services, and she was making $42,000 a year doing shopping delivery. Well, because of the COVID and because of all of this, she got so scared that she stopped leaving her home. And so now because she's so terrified because not everybody will wear their mask and people aren't doing what they need to do, uh, she won't work and she won't leave her home. Mm. So now she's yeah. so terrified so that is, she's starving. This is the new opposing narrative. So right. it's not, so people are not losing their jobs because of the government overreaction. Right. But because of all the people who aren't complying. Right. Uh, those are the ones causing people mm -hmm. to lose their jobs. Yeah. People aren't able to go to school because of the non-compliers, right? This is the same. Oh my goodness, JC. This is the same narrative that happened during our resistance in the beginning. They were seditionists. There were even uh, writings about how they were not good Englishmen, not good subjects, not every good, good subject, not good mother. The founding, our founding mothers were called every, you know, were called, uh, whores and harlots and bad mothers. And and now here comes this narrative again. We're the cause of the economic shutdown. By the way, that's what, the media, what the media yeah, is going to say. You. When you talk about the globalist whose names are out there, these are the names, you know, these are their lackeys. These are yeah. their foot, foot soldiers. So people like um, 
Jeff Zucker mm-hmm. uh, and Mark Zuckerberg and, and all of these folks, the media, they are the foot soldiers for the globalists. So they, they send out their attack dogs, right, to come against the resistance narrative and put the fault back onto the people who will not comply. Right. I want to go ahead and uh, show our non-compliant movie trailer at this point. When we get back, I'm going to talk to you about the impoundment act. The thing that, that uh, another thing that Donald Trump has done that is just sort of stunned me. I mean, he's got some pretty smart people in his, in his uh, background there. I, I I'm, I'm still amazed. He's not going to go out with a, uh, he's not going to go out quietly. We hold these truths to be. It's not playing. Hmm. There we go. Just put this one. We hold these truths to be self-evident. That all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. We have a power! And we brave a spoiled brat representative government that needs to be taken to the woodshed. Are you satisfied with the government that owns you? There are churches who refuse to allow us to use their facilities to teach. Unspoken or even sometimes spoken rule that religion and politics don't mix. You wouldn't dare speak out against the government or somehow resist. Christians have to be involved in politics. God commands it. Every turn of event through history hinged. One person will stand up. Upon a single person. And then everybody else will stand. A gym member surrounded by a crowd of supporters was placed in handcuffs. A Tampa Bay pastor has been arrested. Sentenced to a week in she jail. She also and tore up a cease and desist letter. We have a posterity waiting for us to say, we will not comply so you will be free. We have a chance to fight without bloodshed. But every time we comply, we establish a future where our children will not have that option. Why do we sit down when all should be standing? And why do we back down? Well, there you have it. The non-compliant movie. Go to noncompliantmovie.com and uh, watch the video, share the video. Sign up for the notifications. I just spoke to our producer, I think it was yesterday, the day before. We've got more trailers coming out. Very, very excited about how all of this is happening. Uh, your funding helps us make this happen. Uh, and we're we're very, very grateful for that. We uh, Now, I wanted to talk to you about this thing that Donald Trump has done. I don't even know. I, I just became aware of it this morning. I don't know if JC is aware of it yet. But this is a statement from the White House, and this has to do with the Impoundment Act. And 
It's actually called the Impoundment Control Act of 1974. And let me explain to you what impoundment is. So impoundment is when the executive branch refuses to spend money that has been allocated to them by the legislative branch. Thomas Jefferson was, was one of the first presidents to actually refuse to spend money that was given to him by Congress. And the Impoundment Act of 1974 was a response to Nixon refusing to spend money that was given to him by the legislature. And what's interesting is most people, the media is not going to tell you this, obviously, and obviously somebody in the Trump administration knows this, but the impoundment is an, is one of the checks and balances that the executive branch has on the legislative branch. And so wherein I don't agree with, with 100% of what Donald Trump is doing, I do appreciate very much the check and balance that he is um, using. And what's interesting is that he's actually, the Impoundment Act, JC, of 1974, was used to, uh, was created to stop the president from doing impoundments. Mm -hmm. Donald Trump is using the Impoundment Act as a bullhorn to publicize how Congress is once again misappropriating money. I, I think it's, it, it, is, it is a really, really great tactic. Again, I don't agree with what he's fighting for totally uh, because I don't, you know, the federal government doesn't have the constitutional authority to hand out money. We don't have $2,000 or even, as he says, $4,600 for, or what was it, 12, uh, $2,000, $4,000, $5,200 for a family of four to hand out that money has got to come from somewhere. Right. And what we're going to do is print more money comes from, right? the federal reserve. comes from the federal reserve. So wherein I don't agree with the fact that he's fighting to create more. What's well, a good political stuff, tactic, but it is, it is a, it is a very, very good, brilliant political tactic. I mean, tactic. If, if you're, if we're already there, in my view, if you're already there, right. right they're, they're going to, they're going to print this stuff and, and abuse right. the people and destroy the money using the power of the Federal Reserve. Why not, in order to stop it, why not turn it against them? Right. Right. And use right. it in the, as a political weapon. Right. So I, I uh, to totally agree with the principles you just stated, but it's a it's a brilliant mm -hmm. political strategy. Right. And that was my using point. their own weapons against. Right. Them, you know, so Donald Trump first did something that no that that I'm aware of that no president has done in 50 years spent four and a half minutes in the media calling out I mean he read through all of this foreign funding that's happening all this misappropriation of funds my goodness why are we sending billions of dollars look here's the argument now, now he's redlining those in the now, bill now. to have them removed through this executive uh, authority under this act Right. Well, he the act requires him to ask for permission. Yeah. Right. So he's saying, OK, you want I am. I have told you in the media, I have made my statement to the public. These are the things that I disagree with. Now I'm going to use the Impoundment Control Act 
to put it on the record. I yeah. am making it's called, it's called a record, right? So I'm going to put my line on all of these things. I'm going to publicly and on the record legally call you out for what you're doing. If the argument, JC, is that without this money, the economy will collapse, how is it that so much that more money is going to foreign governments than is, than is staying here in our economy? How do you make that argument that we must pass this bill because because, you know, you have the lady who is who can't go to work. Right. Because of covid. You've got the lady who can't go to work because of covid. How is it that that's the so, argument? So we yeah. got to send, um, you know, millions of dollars to so Pakistan. It, and that's that. How do you make that argument? And they'll make these arguments. Yeah. Like the, you'll see the, all the headlines and it'd be essentially targeting Trump. So. Uh, you know, Trump's hurting this lady that's out of the job because right. he says, don't send $700 million to Sudan. Right. Uh, okay. So you'll, Let's you'll, not you'll do hear, gender studies in Pakistan. You'll hear Jeff Zucker making these arguments. <laughs> I had some troll, JC. It just totally amused me. I had some troll attack me on, on, uh, maybe it was on the, on our YouTube stream. Cause actually I do read your comments. Um, said, you just have no idea what gender studies is. <laughs> Because we were objecting to the gender studies in Pakistan. You just have no idea what gender studies is. <laughs> like, I don't care what gender studies is. I don't think we need to spend millions of dollars of Pakistan gender studies. I so. think they call it porn. <laughs> I think Not they would sure. call it the exact opposite. <laughs> no. Like you. Okay. Well, that's a male. Well, that's a female. <laughs> studies over. <laughs> Sex education in the third grade. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, this this I mean, what is the study? What do you study? Well, it's I a, guess it's with, a su psychology. with such confusion, you know, men are from v Mars. Yeah. Women are from Venus. I, I think perhaps it. they've studied. it. It's more of a equality issue. No, I think they've studied it too much. Yeah. You come up, you studied so hard that you come up with one hundred and twenty two hundred genders. Yeah. Uh, you. It's time to stop studying. No, you know what it is, though? It's it's sort of the whole. Well, I'm not going to go there, but th this idea that uh, I'm getting grant money to do this, so I have oh, to find yes. something, right. right? Right. So we have to do something to perpetuate. If we have grant money to do gender studies, and we determine that there's a male and a female, then your money is over because your study is over, right? So you have to find the nuances and get the, <laughs> get the regular studies. Yeah. Okay. It's all about money, JC. It's all about money. And that's, you know, that's the bottom line. So great. Good job, President Trump. Shrewd political yes, move. Very shrewd political Keep move. Keep it up in the so time are, you have left. Are you going to? And well, that's the whole thing. I don't think this guy's going to go out quietly. If, if he, He's going to take down as many people as he yeah. can on the way out. He doesn't plan to go out at all. No, but no, you know. Just in, just in case. Just a little bonus for your educational <laughs> dollar, as my professor used to say. Uh, um, sorry, I <laughs> I had an intrusion in my head for just one second. As my professor used to say, uh, it is still January 6th when the Electoral College votes are counted. And any year of any year, this year indeed, 
has way more variables than ever. And anybody who wants to come up and say, hey, it's all a done deal, you know, it may be a done deal, but we'll move to the next phase in about 10 days, 10 days. So, yep. So wait for the new crisis to come up, the new thing that's going to happen. Uh, but remember, there's still lawsuits out there. You still have uh, the count of the votes. You still have the opportunity for the votes to be discounted, to be eliminated. By the way, that's happened four times already in our history. When they got to the Senate president, they were discounted because of irregularities in the submission of the certification or irregularities in the voting process altogether. So there's well, way there's too much a, going on here. There's a massive gathering planned on the 6th in Washington, D.C. and probably various places yeah. around the country. So um, pray for wisdom. Pray for wisdom and peaceful noncompliance. Pray for wisdom and peaceful noncompliance. All right, guys. Well, we have to get on the road and teach in Oregon. Hey, JC, our, our events for the next two days are completely sold out. That's pretty exciting. You know, when we come up here to the West Coast, the Patriots are very, very enthusiastic. So we don't have trouble filling our rooms then. Yep. But thank you guys so much for joining us today. Thank you for the super chats that came in. We so appreciate the way you love and support us. And don't forget to go to GodGunsLiberty.com. Get your gear. Oh, yeah. You're non they can't see my T-shirt. They can see yours. Non-compliant T-shirts. Lots of New Year's T-shirt. Wear your God Guns Liberty T-shirt to your family New Year celebration. <laughs> to your, they're in our church celebration. Rock on. Love you guys. We'll see you tomorrow.